everyone, welcome back to High T Hoops. This is Brian Beauchet at the Duke of Hoops. We're joined by Skylar, as we are always. What's up, Duchess? Hello, Brian. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so Your much. Show. We always have an awkward <laughs> intro, Mo. Uh, today, we have a very special guest, Mo Moonsey, the hoop genius, presenter at Sky Sports. What's up, Mo? Thanks for coming on. No, it's an honor to be here, man. Joined by the esteemed royalty, the Duke and the Duchess. Thank you for having me through. We've <laughs> yes, been meaning exactly. to do this for a minute, but it's, it's been busy with uh, playoffs and finals. So it's, it's good to have some time now, catch up and, and talk buckets. Yeah, let's, let's start with, you took a little break because uh, you were doing a podcast every day. You were on TV until, what, 6 a.m. every morning. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like covering the NBA finals and the NBA playoffs. Oh, man. It was, you know what? It was a dream come true for me because I've always wanted, you, you know, like in this broadcasting media, whatever, however you want to describe it, you know, it's a dream come true to be covering the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. It was kind of sad because otherwise I would have been out in Miami and LA. Yeah. Would Sky have sent you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh. so. So, you know, that would have been crazy. Uh, I'm kind of worried now that like next year might just be like Milwaukee. Uh, you, know, you don't want to go to milwaukee i'd much rather go to miami <laughs> just switch off miami la that's not it that, yeah, yeah it, like, it stole like, away from journalists for sure what's, what's hilarious is you know the first ever show i did at sky this is like over 12 months ago jd actually said nba finals are going to be miami and la and i said why why do you think that he goes i don't think that i'm just putting it out there into the universe so that we can go <laughs> to both of them just hoping. and i was like whatever and fast forward 12 months and this guy was actually right mm-hmm. but the way the universe works we're stuck at home first pandemic so, finals yeah man it was crazy hopefully next year it ain't the same so fingers crossed we get out to that but no it was a dream come true man it was great um trying to keep the uk audience you know up and alert at all times you know yep. trying to give them something to enjoy during the live coverage trying to give them also a voice of like you know someone they can relate to and you know maybe talk a little bit more sense than certain other personalities on certain other networks <laughs> but i'm not gonna say much more than name that. names <laughs> i'm not trying to fumble the bag right now but you know, I, I always say to people if you don't want to listen to reggie miller tune into mo so i'll you know, tell you how you will you are definitely the reasonable voice. Uh, and you did. So I, I love the watch alongs you did about, uh, you know, it was almost, it was every series going into the finals, right? So it was the conference finals. Okay. We started the conference finals. Like we did it like once or twice a week throughout the first and second rounds, just because we had some other stuff going on. The conference finals, we did every game for both conference. We actually did the game seven of the uh, Nuggets in, in the semifinals, I think. And then we did, yeah, the, the whole conference finals. Um, obviously, I couldn't do the NBA finals because I was on TV. But when the regular season exactly. gets popping again, I'm trying to get these uh, watch-alongs and all of that active because I feel like people enjoyed it. It's good to talk yeah. hoops, and especially in England for a lot of people here. The reason why I started doing them is I spoke to a lot of people and they're like, yo, Mo, I love your stuff. I want to tell all my friends to like watch your channels, but none of my friends actually like basketball. Because everyone's so spread out around the country and it's kind of it's kind of a niche thing. Like a lot of people like basketball, as in, you know, they'll watch the highlights and follow NBA on Instagram and buy the jerseys, but they won't stay up till like five AM watching. So I thought, yeah. you know, what's the way that I could connect all of these people who are like all around the UK? Um, and then by the end of it, we were getting people from like Australia, New Zealand, India, Canada, America, like yourselves tuning in from Seattle. Yeah. Um, you know, it was crazy. So, so you know, that's saying that I'm definitely trying to get popping again when the regular season rolls around because it's just good to engage with people and get chatting, talking buckets. Yeah, it's a fun community to build. 
uh, when you're kind of sitting at home alone in the pandemic or lockdown <laughs> and you just want to have that shared experience. So that was, and you brought on different influencers if you want to, you know, would they like being called influencer or not? But people with, with high, with high, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I just, I just bring on the mandem. Like that's just yeah. my friends who just happen to have a lot of followers. You know what I mean? I've brought on, yeah, a but in other industries too. But, it's right, call them influencers because he went on and he is an influencer. Yeah, that's you know a subtle shout out. I was on for a minute, for a half. <laughs> you are a TikTok influencer though. You I are, am. A, yeah, Skylar. You, you probably have more followers than a lot of the guys that came. I was up. not saying that sarcastically, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> I was not saying that sarcastically. Yeah, I got to build up my Duke of Hoops TikTok. My my personal one's good. It's a little bit harder now to grow TikTok following. Um, but yeah, the watch alongs were really fun. Uh, and you did some incredible interviews. You know, you had Duncan you, Robinson. You had you had all these players on. Duncan. What was your? Yeah, Mar- or Skyler really liked the Duncan one. Uh, what you. was your favorite interview you did leading up to the uh, to the finals? Um, well, I ch- uh, the first one I did, I was with. It wasn't with a player in a bubble. It was with my guy uh, John Collins, who was at mm-hmm. the training camp for the Hawks. You know, they were doing that, and each yeah. team who wasn't in the bubble was doing a mini camp just in their own city. Uh, but obviously, I, like I've known John from way before, so it's good just to re- reconnect and catch up, um, and just you know, kind of uh, catch up on everything that's been going on. But yeah, spoke to CJ as well, just when he came yeah. out of the bubble. That was fun. That was that was a good laugh. Like you know, some of the shade he was throwing towards the Clippers was was, was a bit funny. <laughs> me to chat to Duncan Robinson as well, though, because for me, like I I didn't really I just. You see with me, I just do stuff in life. And then once I do it, I'm thinking what's next and what's next. But like one of my boys tweeted like, yo, most really out here during the NBA finals interviewing players that are playing in the finals. So when I read that tweet, I was like, hold on. Like, this is kind of mad. <laughs> like, I'm about to watch this guy play, but I was just chatting to him. So that one kind of made me feel kind of good about myself. Like, you know, um, and, and also the insight from Duncan was kind of, kind of really interesting you know the yeah. way that especially what we talked about in, in in like him getting open off the ball and stuff like that and how it, you saw him progress like each game he scored more and more points throughout the series yeah. except for that disgusting game six where yeah we don't we don't remember that one we just expunged <laughs> so, that from the records yeah so, so you know it was great to get the insight from Duncan and also you know because he uh like myself we both had plans of playing in the NBA with backups of being in sports media and one of us made it to the NBA one of us made it to sports media so <laughs> It was good to see where my life could have gone because yeah. I feel like if I was in the NBA, given that I'm only like 6'3", I'd be playing a similar kind of role to him, just shooting from behind the arc. So parallel universe, we might have switched places, but it was great fun to chat to him. Yeah, him him DMing. Um, who was it? Was it? It was Titus, it was right? Some, Mark Titus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Titus and Tate. And hey, would love to learn more about you. That's because it was the Michigan Business School class, Skylar. Mm-hmm. We've had to go that through that too. They're like, you got to set up your LinkedIn profile. So Duncan has this really clean, nice LinkedIn profile still, where he's like yep. professional basketball player at the Miami heat, which is hilarious. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. internships. Yes, It's like internships at like, at like hardware companies. It's like something completely <laughs> random. And then it's yeah. like professional basketball player, Miami heat. Yeah. He doesn't That's need that great. LinkedIn profile anymore. I haven't updated my LinkedIn in years. I don't think I've updated it since like my last day at UD. Because it's just day, funny to me when professional athletes even have a LinkedIn. Oh no, for real. Like I'm not, I'm not really planning to update my LinkedIn until I somehow I'm part of a team that wins a championship, <laughs> like, whether it's like front office, whether it's media, and then I'm going to log in and just change it to NBA champion. And that, that'll be the last <laughs> that's time it. That's I ever go on LinkedIn. That's what I'm waiting for. So one day. 
That's perfect. Uh, all right, let's transition into some listener questions. We had a bunch of good ones. Um, so if you have any questions for any guests in the future, please, we don't have any hashtags or anything, but just tweet at us, at High T Hoops, at Duke of Hoops, at the Duchess of Hoops. Ooh, I switched that one. At Duchess of Hoops, at yep. the Duke of Hoops. There we go. Uh, all right, let's hear some questions. This one is from Ishan, Ishan Aria, zero, zero, uh, friend of the pod. Also friend of the uh, Hoop Genius streams. Always Shouts to Ishan, always representing. What's your bold, what is this one? What's your bold trade prediction for the off season? He's saying Al Horford ends up on the Warriors. What do you think, Mo? <laughs> I think Al so Horford early. moves. I think Al Horford moves. I think they have to move Al Horford. But I see him on the Kings. I see okay. Buddy Heald on the Sixers. Gives them a nice bit of shooting. Gives them, you know, a bit of spacing on the floor for Simmons and Embiid to operate. And then for the Kings, I see them making another terrible decision because that's just <laughs> what they do. Um, and also, they were huge fans of Al Horford. They were trying to sign him when he became a free agent, when he signed that deal in Philly. They were really going hard after him. And, and at the end of the day, he picked the team with more chance of winning. But I mm -hmm. think they really value him. And also, you know, here's the thing with Al Horford is he had a really bad year. But last year, the year before, the year before, he had really great years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to look at it. Has Al Horford really fallen off? Or was he in a situation that just didn't play to his strengths? And I think it's the, I think it's the latter because I still think he can be effective. And I feel like what he can be most effective at now at this stage in his career is mentoring younger guys, especially yeah. the big men that they've got, you know, um, Marvin Bagley in Sacramento to kind of pass on some of that wisdom because that's one thing that I feel a lot of squads, especially young teams, that's why I worry about teams like the Hawks and now that Vince Carter's gone is they don't have guys around, you know, to, to you know, from speaking to NBA players, the most successful ones that I've, I know, they all tell me when I first came into the league, the most influential player on them is not the LeBrons or the Kobe's or whatever. The most influential player to them is like a veteran who barely played, but he was just in and amongst the locker room. Yeah. And he said, this is how you last in this league. This is how you be a pro. And also when you're bringing in Al Horford and, you, and you're talking to a guy like Bagley or whoever it is, you're, you're Al Horford, you've played against all of these guys. So you can say, look, when you're guarding Embiid, he's going to try and do this, this and this. Or you can say, when you're playing Jokic, watch out for this. And that's really invaluable because a coach can only tell you so much from watching film. Whereas Al Horford, has, having played against all the best bigs in the league and have been up amongst all the best bigs in the league, I feel like he's got some wisdom and I feel like that, that could help the Kings. So I reckon that that healed for Al Horford swap could be one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think anyone was maximized at the Sixers. Just based on their <laughs> Shake Milton. Culture, ever. Sh Shake Milton. Maybe Shake Milton. I think that was it. <laughs> yeah, we were when we did the uh, casual NBA fan guide uh, and we covered the Sixers, that one was a little scary for the Sixers fan to clap back <laughs> at our many roasts. I was very afraid at that one. Yeah, that was bad. Skylar, do you have any before I throw my wishful thinking out? Anyone you want to see? No, on the I heat? just. I just think it's nice to have Mo on the pod and balance out how much I don't care about <laughs> trades. Like, yeah, free you agents. Know your corner. Know your corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to whisper out, like, if the, if the Clippers just want to give up, just send us Paul George to the Nuggets. We need another <laughs> strong – that's not happening. <sighs> so I'm thinking Oladipo maybe. Wait, 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 wait. You would want Paul George? Yeah. Absolutely. Why? And, and who are you trading out in, in that trade? Uh, we'll, we'll probably have to give Michael Porter Jr. Uh, or if they want Jeremy Grant, I think Jeremy Grant's opting out though. Uh, yeah, 
and then we have picks. I don't care. He's he's trade, you, get him low. Yeah, but you got to match a big salary though. Like Mike yeah. Paul Jr. is on a rookie deal, so you're going to have to chuck in a lot. sign and trades for Grant and Millsap. And let's give him Gary Harris. Let's give him more uh, than that. Like, do you think Paul George will fit? Because you know, in my opinion, he flourished at Indiana and OKC because he was the headline act. This year, he wasn't the headline act, and it got in his head, and he wasn't being the Paul George that we knew from before. So now, if he comes to join Jokic and Jamal Murray. I don't know how his ego will respond to that. I think his ego is pretty low right now and getting onto a a Denver Nuggets team with a little less pressure because the market's so much smaller and Jokic, a facilitator where he can just play that wing. Maybe it'll help. I'm hoping for Oladipo though because I don't think they're going to trade him. Yeah, Oladipo would be be nice. Oladipo would be nice. Also, Gary Harris could bounce back. Yeah. He had a a down year, but you know, I've got faith in my guy. Yeah, I I I really like Gary Harris. Uh, All right, next question so we don't get rabbit holed here. Uh, does this season prove or lend weight to the fact that Kawhi can't lead a team that doesn't have the infrastructure already set up? This one is from at Mr. J Breezy, a Carl Hines, big friend of the pod. Does this lend credence to that, Mo? Can Kawhi win a championship without an infrastructure? I, I can see the argument for it. I can see the argument for it, but we got to, we, we're acting like Kawhi is the one who had the meltdown. Yeah, he had a terrible fourth quarter in that game seven. But aside from that, in all of the other games, he did what he was expected to do. It's not his fault the rest of the team didn't perform. And also the way that the Clips were built, and I put a lot of that down to, you know, they gave a lot of minutes to Harrell when they should have been going to Zubac. And I feel like they could have closed out the series earlier. And I, and I get it. Like, is, it could be said for any team, except for LeBron, yeah. that you needed good structure and great coaching and whatever. And and I think LeBron being so great kind of holds Kawhi to a standard that no other player should be held to. Yeah. But, but the thing is, with, with the Clippers is, for me, what this season proved is that load management is a scam. Yeah. Because load management works. It's not so much like Kawhi works when he's in an infrastructure. Load management works in an infrastructure like they had at the Raptors and the Spurs. But it doesn't work when you have, throughout the regular season, you have Kawhi playing one or two games a week, Paul George playing one or two games a week. So they're basically alternating games that play. And then they play together on the big national TV, Christmas Day. Yeah, these are superstars. We're going to go. And then they play together a bit. And then all of a sudden the playoffs come around and they're saying, all right, you two on the court now. And everyone's like, in basketball, you, you, you guys know this. Like, you know, when you're playing with a team that, and you're a unit, you know where everyone's going to be. If, you, if you're a good point guard, you can have your eyes closed and be able to pass the ball to a teammate in their spot, yep. whatever play you're running, because you know where everyone is. But if you haven't been doing that, that's the difference between the Nuggets and, and the Clippers. The yep. Nuggets were doing that throughout the year. Even with injuries, they were putting guys in, taking them out, whereas the Clippers, they were so, their lineups were so inconsistent, their rotations were so inconsistent. I think that's what it proved. I've got no doubt as well. This is what people forget about the Clippers, like saying it's not going to work, whatever. The Heat, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, they lost in their first season too. Yeah. They melted down against a big European guy. Same thing happened with the Clippers. Then look what happened <laughs> the year after. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be too worried if I was Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, you saw that. We talked about this on the pod after that series where it was just alternating between Kawhi and Paul George over and over. Well, ISO, 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 back and forth. They really didn't look like they had played together. Even the Nuggets going to game seven against the Jazz, they figured out who's our closer. What are we going to do in these key moments? And the Clippers just didn't figure that out. Even though, even though they were so up. So, yeah, I think, 
infrastructure you need for any team except for what seemingly LeBron um, other than these first years that he puts LeBron these teams together. LeBron is the infrastructure. LeBron is the infrastructure. He will build the infrastructure around him. All right, we have a well, bunch more. I forget more. who – let me make one point on this. I, I forget who was saying this. It was either Shaq or Chuck. I just – they're the same in my brain because they're on the same show and I swear they are the same. But um, they were saying, like, it's such a new thing in the basketball world for us to – like look at a team's performance and judge like their potential based off of one year. Like no one ever really was doing that with Jordan. Like Jordan had all these failures, like was getting knocked out of the playoffs, whatever. And no one was like, Oh, should Jordan leave? Should Jordan like go somewhere else to win a championship? Does this mean that Jordan's not a leader? Like all these things. And it's now like just kind of with like LeBron and this new kind of modern era that we're looking at that people, fans will look at a team and if, one year goes badly, they're all of a sudden making all of these conclusions where yeah. that's just not how yeah, that cycle is works. so short. Like one year, yeah. and you're just canceled. It's our attention spans just yeah. can't handle it anymore. I think it's like humans nowadays crave instant gratification. You know, and yeah. everything leads into this. Like even Instagram, you put a picture up because you want to see that red like button just go bing, 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 bing. And, and people like this is what I said about Yanis. Everyone's clowning yeah. Yanis for not winning. The guy's 25. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like the Jordan guys are the same then. age as me. Yeah. The others are the same age as me. And it's like someone coming to my job to clown me for not being Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> like, there's a journey you have to go on. Yeah. You know, no one yeah. goes to like a law firm to the 25-year-old intern and says, why aren't you a judge? It's, what other yeah. jobs does this happen in? But what I will say about the Clippers is the reason why there's so much pressure on them is this is now we're going into the final year of Kawhi and Paul George's deals. Yeah. They've got player options after this. So if they don't win now, that could be the end of it. And they've leveraged their entire future for this. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically championship or bust this year. That's why they're yeah. an exception. But I fully hear what you're saying because the way that people are talking about Giannis, Giannis are flop. Well, bro, come on, man. Like, Give him time. Yeah. Even, you know. Just, I think that's what the original point was about, whoever was making it, Shaq or Chuck. The original point was about Giannis moving and how everyone yeah. was talking about it. Yeah. Uh, all right, next one. What does Luca need to do to get a ring? Does he need to get out of Dallas? Can he win one with Dallas? This is from Dan Munaris, at Dan underscore Munaris. Thank you, Dan, for the question. Sorry about the name pronunciation. What does Luca need to do to win this ring, Mel? No. I, I feel like that's a perfectly timed question given what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't need to do anything. He needs to stay there. He <laughs> he's needs so to win it in his third year. Third year, he needs a ring or he's a loser. Luca is like, Luca in the real world would be off his face at a party at college right now. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, what, what are we expecting from a 21 year old? Like, let's be real. Right. The guy has at least 15 years left in this league. He's going to finish his career in the Hall of Fame with multiple MVPs, with multiple championships. All he needs to do is work on his craft and ensure that he can keep his body healthy. If I was Luka Doncic, what I'm doing tomorrow or today, I'm picking up my phone and I'm calling LeBron James. I'm saying, LeBron, I need to sit down with you and I'm going to learn about how you take care of your body. That's the only thing Luka Doncic needs to do. The talent is there. The talent is undeniable. At this stage, at this age... I don't know if we've seen anyone who can score the ball and, and play the game like Luka Doncic in, NBA in a long time. All he needs to do is make sure he stays healthy and keeps himself in the best conditioning possible. That's why I'd holler at LeBron and find out how he's managed to play yeah. for so long. In terms of teams, Dallas is a great setup. You've got an owner who's not afraid to spend money to win. You've got one of the best coaches in the NBA in Rick Carlisle. 
Porzingis being healthy or not, that's a whole nother issue, but Luca can't do anything about that. The other thing I'd do if I was Luca is I'd be trying to chat to Giannis. I'd be telling Giannis, yo, hop on Warzone. Let's play a few games. Let's run some <laughs> Fortnite. Let's run some 2K. Build up a little bit of camaraderie because, it's, you know, that would be a nice little European link up in Dallas if, if uh, Giannis decided to leave the, the IC Milwaukee. Yeah. He's so some a, light tampering. Just a little yeah, bit. Everyone just, tampers just, now. If you stream it, it's not tampering, though. You don't have to talk about basketball <laughs> or anything. You just have to play the game. You know, I've interviewed. Uh, yeah, call, <laughs> call Steph Curry's trainer from Santa Barbara to figure out how you can run without spraining your ankle. Yep. Figure out where LeBron got his chamber for recovery. Come on, Luca. Keep your body healthy. The blueprint is there. The blueprint yeah. is there. It's Absolutely. up to whether he wants to do it or not. And also, get a signature shoe. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I want to see... I don't like how Donovan Mitchell has got the Dons. I think the Dons should be Lucas sneaker. I want Jordan Brand to bring out the Don ones and just say, I don't <laughs> care about anybody else. We don't care about <laughs> and his Spider-Man shoes. These are the Dons. Because yeah. I feel like, I don't think a European player has had a single shoe before. And I feel like that could be huge for the market. Is that true? It must be, right? Dirk didn't have a shoe. Yeah, Dirk didn't. Tony Parker didn't. None of these guys got signatures. Man, open up a big market in Eastern Europe. Nike, holler free, free ideas, Nike. All right, we got a couple more. I'm going to throw this one to you, Skylar, and then to Mo to see if he uh, agrees or not. This is from the Rim Talk Pod. Also friends of the pod, great podcast. Check out the Rim Talk Pod. Where does Jimmy Butler rank in terms of active players, Skylar? Number one. Number one. Great. Mo, your <laughs> counter. <laughs> See, I, I'm not a huge fan of these ranking lists because they're so subjective. They change, you know. Skylar's is objective, all right? There is no bias in, in Skylar's <laughs> opinion on this one. Um, it's a weird one because, like, for me, are we talking current players or players that are injured or included? Because otherwise we've got Steph Curry and KD technically active now because they're healthy again, like. It's a great question. They didn't. They did not specify in the in the tweet question. So I'm, I'm gonna put it like this: LeBron, Giannis, Harden, Steph, KD, Luca, Jokic. So I could have Jimmy Butler at eight. I could yeah. slide him in at eight. Yeah. Um, I think the eight, but, nine, ten spots are open you know, for Jimmy right I, now. I, I don't see him in that top tier. I've always said. I've always said. That, you know, I see like LeBron and KD as like A-plus players. You know, like teammate grades on 2K. I have them as A-plus. And then in the A category, I have like Harden, Embiid, Jokic, those guys. And I've always had Jimmy at A-minus. But this finals has moved him up one spot to an A-grade player. I still think that he lacked the... I know he was exhausted and he couldn't have done any more. Yeah. But all I'm saying is LeBron did more when he was on that Cleveland team. And, and you know, if, if LeBron can do it, and he's an A-plus player, and you can't do it, that means you're an A. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with being an A. Only like three or four players in the world that can be A-plus. But that's my take on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he's up there, I but, but I'd, I think he's at, in danger of being slightly overrated after this very fortunate circumstances of um, you know, Milwaukee completely melting down, Brad Stevens forgetting anything about basketball and not knowing how to <laughs> be a zone. <laughs> you know, just happening to be in the NBA Finals. But yeah. he is a great player, no doubt. He's one of those players, though, is you need the right pieces around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Harden, Steph, or whoever, you can put in with a bunch of scrubs and they will still do what they do. Whereas Jimmy Butler, you need the right pieces to play the right roles around him. Yeah, I think he's in that same tier. Uh, thank you, Skylar. We'll keep yours at number one. Jimmy Thanks. Butler, number one in your hearts. Skylar's bringing a lot of off-court things too, Mel. So... Let's be fair there. <laughs> Scott, so Scott, are you, are you number one me in my that, heart. 
Are, are you in... paying that 20 bucks for that Jimmy Butler coffee? Is that what you're saying? If Jimmy hands it to her? If, yeah, if I get to talk to Jimmy, if Jimmy's my barista, I will pay $20 okay, for that how much? How much would you pay? Like, What's the maximum limit that you would pay for walk into a coffee shop and Jimmy Butler is behind the counter making you some big face coffee? What's the most you'd pay for that? Listen, it's... It's a pandemic out here. I'm trying to be real <laughs> smart with the money lately. That being said, honestly, probably like $500. <laughs> I would pay for this coffee. Yeah, seriously. If I get to, it's like I'm paying for a meet and greet, but I get yeah. a coffee out of it. I'm also a big coffee girl. I drink a lot of coffee. I, I will happily pay $500 for a coffee and five minutes with Jimmy. Because that's also an Instagram post, Mo, going back to the instant gratification. You're getting some content yeah, yeah. from that. It's good for high-tea hoops. That's maybe an we can become friends. Yeah, maybe an it's an investment. Maybe he comes on the pod. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you... Yeah, he comes on the pod and friends with Jimmy Butler, though? Because uh, I don't how know would him. you feel about being woken up at 3 a.m. to go work out? <laughs> Would not I, like is he gonna wake me up? If if one of my friends woke me up think, at three a.m., I don't think he wants me in the like. gym. I think he'll let me sleep. Yeah. There's nothing I can do for him in the gym. You got a good jumper though, Skylar. Maybe he wants that corner three spot when Duncan can't hit. Yeah, I can definitely take that over for Duncan. <laughs> All right, last question. This is a fun one from Josh Coin at Pound Coin. Always with great questions for the pod. How's your shoulder, Mo? And what does it mean for your jumper? My jumper stays money. Josh should know Good that. My jumper stays money. My Josh shoulder, knows. however, is an absolute myth. It is constantly, as we speak, my shoulder is paining me. I dislocated it about oh. six times. Uh, so I've been out for like the past three seasons. This is looking to be the next fourth season that I don't play. Um, so basically, anytime I move my shoulder above like my head, it kind of just pops out. And you know, being brutal. Uh, not a professional athlete in the NBA, I don't really have anyone to fix it. Uh, NHS are fantastic, but they don't really specialize in sporting athletic injuries. They're kind of more life or death situations. Um, so, you know, until I get rich and can afford to get my shoulder actually repaired properly, it's going to be a myth. It's not looking great. But if you need a spot of shooter in the meantime, I got you. You're there. God, the shoulder injuries. I, I played a lot of tennis growing up. And the same, luckily it's healed since then. So I haven't popped it out or, or heard it, but they just nag at you. And when you sleep, it gets to you. Shoulder injuries suck. Oh, if I twist the wrong way in my sleep, I can wake yeah. up with just a floppy arm. Like I've yeah. missed a meeting before because I've woken up and I can't move one of my arms. And they're <laughs> like ringing me in. and I've picked up the phone with my left hand. And they, I don't think they believe me. They're like, Mo, why aren't you here? I'm like, yeah, my shoulder's popped out. So I can't make it in. I don't think they These believe me because they never called me again. Skylar, we're not old. You're just young. You're how, how old are you? Know, I have no complaints about my body right now. So are you 23? that's a flex, I guess. Yeah. Are you, so you're young. How old's Yanni? Yanni's 23 as well. Yeah. You're you're the Yanni of the podcast. But, but Yanni got his first injury a few a couple months ago. And In the now pandemic? he hits me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Yanni. Come on, man. <laughs> he hits me up now like, bro. My ankle's killing me today. I'm like, welcome. <laughs> oh, it's the ankle issue. Yeah. I'm like, welcome to the club. Like, welcome to my life. So um, hopefully not, but, you know, maybe be careful when you hoop is what I'm saying to yeah. the young Gs out there. Oh, I'm 30. It gets worse. Uh, don't worry. You just got to keep active. Keep those ligaments fresh and keep them active or they just lock up. Get, get on the yoga. That's what I've been doing right now. 
just put yeah. a hot on here. Get the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Just start doing the mobility. You have yeah, to. That's the one. That's the one. All right. Thank you all listeners. Again, if you want to submit questions, just tag us uh, for future podcasts. Those are fun. I liked those. We always oh. have some good ones from the audience. Uh, let's go into the NBA finals. So Skylar, I'm going to kick this one to you first. What was your biggest takeaway from the series other than Jimmy Butler being the best player on earth? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I joke around about it, but my biggest takeaway truly was Jimmy can't do this on his own. And it made me really sad just because I felt like we saw such a strong heat team that they just got so plagued with just injuries and fatigue yeah. that it really just kind of melted down in that finals. But honestly, that was my biggest takeaway was the Lakers just had too many weapons for this heat team, especially with uh, Dragic and Bam down for most of the series that Jimmy really, he dragged them to two wins, but that's, it, you could tell in that game six, he had already given everything he could have given to this team and there was just nothing left in the tank. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as fun of a series as I would have liked, but I I definitely think we saw Jimmy give it his all, and it just it wasn't enough to drag this Heat team along. Yeah, what about you, Mel? I think my biggest takeaway was um, even though you could have a squad more talented on paper, you can never underestimate the importance of having veteran players on your team. Because for me, looking at this championship, when I saw Dwight lifting that the Larry OB, I was so happy because it's in Orlando, in Orlando. Where, he, where he played for so long, for the Lakers, where the franchise booed him out. And then not only that, add to that Rondo, who Laker fans were hating on the entire year, and KCP, Laker fans wanted him off the roster the entire year. Both of these guys came up huge in the finals. Mm -hmm. You know, Dwight came up huge in that conference finals against Jokic. Yeah. So, you know, although there are other teams out there who might have looked like they've got deeper squads or better teams on paper, these guys were just veterans who are just desperate to win a ring or another ring in Rondo's case. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that you can't quantify on paper. You can say, all right, cool. You know, it's, if we take it back to the Clippers, all right, yo, look at our bench. We've got Montrezl Harrell puts up 18 yeah. points. We've got Lou Will put us up 20 points a game. We've got this guy. We've got that guy, you know. But there's something to be said for pure hunger and pure desire. And I feel like no matter what the Heat did, even if Dragic and Bam were healthy, those guys, because they're new to it all, it's their first time there, they just simply couldn't win the whole series because – if it came down to it in a game seven or whatever, the desire and the hunger from the Lakers and the experience. One thing that stood out to me was Rondo's post-championship interview. He talks about how basketball is a mental game. And this is what I've been saying to people for my whole life. Look, you can be the best athlete in the world, but if I understand the game and I understand you better, I will beat you every single day of the week. And that's why putting Rondo and LeBron together on a team is just dangerous because those are two of the players Top three players in the league for basketball IQ, LeBron, Rondo, Draymond Green, maybe CP3 is up there as well. But putting those two together on a team in a seven-game series, yep. I don't feel like there's anyone that they wouldn't have figured out. Any of the – you could say they had an easy path or whatever. I don't think there's a single team in the league that they wouldn't have figured out over the course of seven games. Yeah, I don't think they even had an easy path. People say that, but it's the Trailblazers who shouldn't have been the eight seed. They had the, the Rockets, the Nuggets, who Nuggets were probably the second best team. Right, Skylar? 
and you know and the, and the, <laughs> and the heat amazing as well but i just listened to the interview with jared dudley and he was talking about rondo specifically and rondo's iq and breaking down film for the team after the game and saying you know what jimmy butler's their only playmaker right now Dragic out so let's hound him full court let's completely tire him out so jimmy lot you know jimmy was exhausted but the lakers caused that and to have yeah, that they- iq on the team is insane this is what I said on the uh, watch along. I was like, if you've got Rondo or you've got LeBron, you don't need a coach. Frank Vogel has the easiest job in the world. His job is just to manage personalities. That's, yeah, that's got to manage the humans. To do. And like Skyler was saying, she'd pay five hundred to go have coffee with Jimmy Butler. I would pay five thousand to watch film with Rajon Rondo and hear him Seriously. break it down. Not and, that I know, have five thousand spare like that, but hypothetically yeah. <laughs> speaking, <laughs> and you know he obviously won with the Celtics, so I'm sure you're a big fan of Rondo. But they traded. Oh, I him. love Rondo. Yeah, uh, there's no, there's well, no. Well, here's, Ill will. here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. You know, Rondo w- was very young when he won that first championship, mm-hmm. and then you know he was really one of our best players during those 2013, 2014 years. Then after the Nets trade, he was like the face of the franchise, and then in like you know, in fairness to him, he didn't want to be here playing with you know. Um, Tyler Zeller. Yeah, who was on that team? <laughs> you know, Jared Sullinger and, you know, Gigi Datomi, you know, <laughs> these guys. So they traded him to Dallas. We got Crowder back in a deal. We got some draft picks back in a deal. And, you know, he had one year left on his deal. So they said, we'll trade you to Dallas for now. You can play with Dirk. And then next summer, you're a free agent. Go do what you want. And, and I think it worked out well for, for both the organization and for Rondo himself. Yeah. I think the veteran conversation is interesting because I feel like towards the beginning of this bubble or playoff series or whatever, I think I was trying to like kind of talk myself into the heat having like these great veterans. Like I was like, yeah, they got Iggy, you know, they got Udonis Haslam, but it's like, you have to have veterans. I was like thinking like, okay, they can help out, you know, hero and Duncan and these guys who are going to kind of need coaching up to be able to like handle a final series. But you need them on the floor, honestly, and you need yeah. them to be you need them to be producing on the floor. Like, how like we saw the we saw the videos of like UD like screaming at the guys, and we would yeah. see Iggy on the floor, but neither it just like wasn't making that big of a difference. Whereas the veterans on the Lakers were actually coming in and producing a ton. So it's like yeah. you need like the mentorship from the veterans, but you also need them to produce. Like you can't just drag yeah. along veteran like that's what coaches are for if you're just dragging along veterans to like kind of mentor the guys and the other thing is you know with all due respect to ud and iggy they don't have anything left to prove you know their reputations are are solid you know they're yeah they're solid whereas guys like dwight he needed that championship guys like rondo he needed to prove everyone that he wasn't finished like they all said throughout the year you know that's ad needed him yeah, like AD even their young badly. players bad. <laughs> even like if they didn't win that final series, the conversations we would be having would be so different. Yeah, and even LeBron, LeBron like, fans would be panicking. I don't know what you know. LeBron might not need this motivation, but having Jordan in his shadow all the time continues oh, to Le- motivate him. LeBron needed to win this year yeah. because he didn't make the playoffs last year. You can say injury, whatever. He didn't make the playoffs last year, and if he didn't win this year with Steph not there, with KD not there, with Kyrie not there. You know, if he didn't win this year, then that would have been a disaster for him. I would have hated sports media if he didn't win this championship. <laughs> it would have been awful. Well, right. it, in all fairness, it would be the exact same storylines they're debating now because we're about to endure the four months of LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah, I hate this debate so much. I, I don't even... I, sometimes I do it just to troll people. 
Yeah. And it's great because <laughs> I don't troll. really care. I can switch sides depending on whoever I feel like trolling. <laughs> but if you ask me, I'll say like Larry Bird or something obscure. Yeah, there's something crazy out there. Like my whole thing point. is, here's my whole thing, okay? Until your favorite player has dropped 60 with their left hand, don't come and talk to me about the greatest player of all time. <laughs> You're not going to troll us right here. All right, we're going to move on. <laughs> uh, so on the Jared Dudley interview, he talked about the bubble where they – can't hear that like the crowd noises we hear on tv they don't hear in the in the actual uh, arena and it's very quiet and he said all the bench players could yell out defensive schemes could yell out the opposing team's plays they could hear them and they were very connected so this is a question for you mo how do you think having no fans in the bubble affected the play that's a massive advantage to the lakers as we were just talking yeah. about rondo and you guys might remember and if anyone listening go to youtube you know, after this podcast and t- type in, it was when Rondo was playing against the Sacramento Kings, I believe. And they're running an out of bounds after timeout play. And this is when Rondo, was he on the Pelicans? Um, I can't remember which teams it was. Anyway, he told his big man, stand there. Don't guard anyone, just stand there. And everyone's looking at him like, what, what, what? But Rondo recognized just from where the players were standing on the out-of-bounds place, what play the other team was about to run. And because he told his big man to stand there, he literally just reached into the air and caught the ball because the team didn't recognize it. So when you have players to that level of IQ and, yeah. and in an arena, sometimes, especially in the playoffs, you can't hear each other. Yeah, you know, that's what Doug said. They couldn't hear out. normally. Yeah. So, so now you've got a significant advantage because there's no anyone on the Miami Heat or any other team in the league that has that ability to know the opposition better than they know themselves. Even LeBron's calling out, you know, what other teams. Um, I can't remember who, which player it was, but I, I remember someone saying like LeBron one time, it was like a regular season game in Cleveland and he, and they were a rookie and he was telling them where they needed to be running to and where they needed to be standing for the play that their team was running. And yeah. LeBron's like, no, no, cut to the corner. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that definitely played into the hands of, like we said, the veteran teams. Um, and, and, you know, it, it also shows, like, some players, some players um, are perceived, I don't want to say it's true, I want to say they're perceived, such as a Joel Embiid, to, you know, play better with a crowd, you know, seeing as Philly was so bad on the road, so good at home. And, you know, some players, they get that boost from people cheering them on, that exterior motivation. motivation. Um, and without that, you kind of really see who's really really going to hoop. Like my guy BJ Armstrong was saying the other day, the Lakers and the Clippers need to run an underground game in LA. No one there. They just need to run it for the pride of seeing which squad can ball out better. Yeah. Because that's when you find out the real hoopers are. We'll take it to the blacktop. Ain't no one here. It's just me and you. And we'll see who's really the best hooper. Ain't no crowd. Ain't no announcer. Ain't no music. We'll play. And I feel like this, like I said it from the start, like even though the Lakers won and I'm, I'm a Celtics fan, like I can't put an asterisk on this and I can't talk it down. Bro, the best just, team wins. It was just them out there. It's hard to it's hard to realize when you're watching on TV, but it, it, they are just alone out there. Like even their fans, their guests can't talk. Um, they can't boo. There's rules and restrictions over what even their fans that are in there can do. So it's tough. But Skylar, you had a great tweet about the families on the court celebrating. How do you think having no fans affected these celebrations? I don't. It's it's weird. It's kind of there's pros and cons. Like mm-hmm. I work for a sports club and I fortunately have won a championship while working for that sports club and it's (laughs) hard to get down to 
you know, the, the court, the pitch, whatever it's going to be, it's really hard to get down there when you're winning a championship, even for like people who work for the teams. And so I just remember seeing like Tia Cooper running right on yeah. to be able to see Dwight after they won, like families were able to get right on the court immediately be reunited with their you know their families their loved ones on the team and they didn't have to deal with all the kind of madness but then at the same time like the players don't really get the madness that is like part of the fun so it's it's kind of it's a weird one but I also was listening to I listened to JJ Reddick's podcast and Sue Bird came on after they won their WNBA championship Go Go storm. storm this is a storm podcast um, and she I was love the saying way you, that, you guys said that at the same time Ghost up. I feel like I missed out. I should have joined it. Ghost up. Do you, do you want to do it again? One, two, three. Ghost storm. Ghost storm. Okay, oh, nice guys. We missed it again. Oh, That's man. all right. We're not doing it again. Um, right. She was saying that. <laughs> she was saying that uh, people kept asking her, like, do fans make a difference? Do no fans make a difference? And she said that it didn't make a difference the whole way until they got to the finals. So then all of a sudden she could, like, really feel the difference. She was saying, like, it, she she thinks that this NBA final series would have been really different had there been fans. She was like, you could kind of see like when Miami would kind of get a little run started and you would kind of think like, ooh, could they maybe make a comeback? It's like she was saying like if they got that run started and they were in Miami, like their fans are going to pump them the fuck up and like that run is going to get extended. Whereas they kind of were just running out of steam a lot of times on their runs. Yeah. And then she also brought up like the Danny Green shot and was like, like you were saying, Mo, she was like, I'm not going to say he would make it if he was in a like stadium full of fans, but there is something different when you like go up for that shot and you kind of feel the whole stadium kind of like hold their breath a little bit, knowing that like if it goes in, you went like whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I actually think that the, you know, Brian, we talked about this a lot, but I think that the fans actually did play a lot bigger role in that final series than in a lot of the games before that and yeah, yeah it really it's we, the celebration especially was really weird without fans yeah what, what i will say is i think the fans affect the role players more because someone like danny green like if you look at all of his stats throughout his especially with the spurs he shot lights out at home and then he was struggling road games so yeah. that's yeah. why you know they were trying to get a home court advantage and so i think you know for the role players you know spot up shooters and those kind of guys it affects them but i feel like the guys like you know the jimmy butlers and the lebrons of the world i don't i think they're so locked in mm-hmm. that yeah, they don't sure. even see it because they're going to be locked in regardless but with the celebrations i actually preferred it this especially after the chaos with the whole masai ujiri incident in yeah, yeah um, that's true that was that was ridiculous can i start with yeah um, but we won't get into that. But what I will say is I like that, you know, the, the teams being there, the GM, owner. Um, and what I will say is shout out to, to Jeannie Buss for letting the players lift up the trophy because yep. I hate every year yep. when I see like a group of players work hard to win this championship. Then this rich old man just walks down and lifts up the trophy <laughs> as if he earned it. Like that proper annoys me. Mm-hmm. Well, I get it. Yeah. You, you paid everyone's wages. Cool, whatever. You didn't earn a championship. You didn't play a minute. Like, that proper annoys me. So uh, she was like, and, and it was great how J.R. Smith was the first one to get I know, I know. I was going to say that. <laughs> like him grabbing it first. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence because everyone was kind of like, shall we? Shall we? And J.R. was like, hell yeah. He just snuck um, in there, grabbed it. Yeah, it was great. But it, it was nice. You know, they had all the kids there and whatnot. I, I feel like it's going to be a nicer memory for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, 
than than otherwise because just more intimate, yeah. I guess. Animal motivated. Also, just people. shout out Jeannie Bus. Seriously, first woman owner. Was she the first woman owner in sports or just in basketball? We said this on my podcast the other day um, because I don't really know about many other sports except for basketball. And apparently, the Raiders have a female owner. Oh, interesting. Uh, but I don't know who they are or if they've won or anything about them. So I'm going to claim it won. as the first woman in sports. So it might be out to think of any. We have no fact checker on. Shout uh, out Jeannie, that bad out bitch. Jeannie. I love her. I was also, God, her Twitter profile picture, Skylar showed me and I was like, whoa, all right, Jeannie, get it. <laughs> look that up. If anyone wants a fun time. Anyone wants to look at it. Uh, oh yeah, I was just going to say also it's memories for, I, I think I saw Bam post just the loneliest photo of all time of him looking over the Lakers celebration party in the bowl. I saw that. And it's just, oh, like when you have to sit there and watch the other team celebrating, oh, he don't get that in other finals. Fuel to the fire, fuel to the fire for the heat. Yep, absolutely. All right, any final thoughts on the final series before we move on to bubble talk? Uh, Shouts to Jared Dudley, man, representing for the dad bods, proving that, you know, (laughs) you know, even if (laughs) you ain't got six back, you can still become a champion. Shout out to Jared. I have one last thing to say, which is it was very surreal for me to to watch Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. taking charges from LeBron James when it was just <laughs> like two years ago that I was seeing him literally every single day in our apartment building's elevator. It's just like sometimes I would see him on the screen with LeBron and my brain would just break knowing that like... I, sorry this is just a completely personal moment no, 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 very right. surreal no, that's a dope like it just shows the journey that he's been on you know what i mean because yeah. after the league was so unexpected um you know had you known this before if i was you i would try to put a ring on that finger and secure the nba <laughs> bag i mean we tried with mo wagner that didn't work <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I tried uh, yo, players his his little brother's supposed to be sick he's coming out of michigan he next is year. Yeah, yeah, he he played last year was his uh his freshman year and he unfortunately got a little injury, but yeah, excited to see him back this year. Little Mo, oh little Mo, little Mo Franz. Wagner, little not little Mo Muncy, little Mo Wagner. No, they they call Franz me Big Wagner. Mo. Big Mo, Big Mo. <laughs> All right, let's go to bubble wrap, uh, our bubble wrap up. I think that was a no dunks uh, pod for a long time. Skyler, how do you think this NBA bubble went? Takeaways overall. Um, I think if I go back to my concerns that I had before the bubble, that's kind of a good way to judge how this bubble went. And I had two primary concerns going into this bubble, and that was uh, COVID and social justice. I think Mm -hmm. those were pretty much everyone's concerns. Uh, COVID basically just, you know, I don't want a single one of them getting sick, not even just, I just, I don't want any of them getting sick. And I wanted to make sure that they could keep it locked down in the bubble I was not sure about that um and then social justice like it was definitely nerve-wracking seeing like how much momentum the social justice movement and Black Lives Matter and everything had in the U.S. and kind of knowing that they were going to go to the bubble and how that might just distract people and I don't know just kind of lull people back into I don't, just complacency yeah. and like it's kind of like a it's a distraction like they can these you know mostly black men can be your entertainment but the, but we're not actually going to do anything you know it was a concern um and so with covid obviously i think you know it was it went incredible incredibly well we saw zero, zero cases, cases which is zero. insane 
I would like Adam, Adam Silver, Silver to run for president. Run for is exactly where I was going with that sentence. Great minds. Great minds. So is it Silver? Silver Pops now? You know, Silver Popovich. Yeah, yeah. I would go with. I would go with Silver Kerr. Silver Kerr. All right, we've changed. Yeah. No, I like. I like Greg because because Adam Silver's a nice guy and Greg's the. The feisty one. True. You know, you've got true. to have That's someone true. who can lay down the law. Good cut back. Honestly, I would take Stan Van at this point. The Van Gundy brothers. Anyone, if I was you guys, I would take anyone at this Seriously. point. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Seriously. Especially Give me Jared Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Jared Dudley. Especially as we're seeing with the NFL now, where it is just a shit yeah. show of, of teams and getting COVID. And college football and, oh. like, all, literally every other sport is Even having problems. Yeah. Even Premier League. So, yeah, I think... COVID, it was incredible. They kept it completely locked down. Amazing. Adam Silver for president. I think social justice, it definitely got to some points where I was like, okay, it feels like we're not really talking about things anymore. But then we had the boycott and they just shut things down when it wasn't as much of a focus. We saw a lot of good things come out of it. We saw all of the stadiums become voting centers. Um, Chris Paul got every almost every NBA player registered to vote. Uh, LeBron is single-handedly making felons be able to vote again. I'm just kidding, not single-handedly. Shout out to everyone doing great work out there. Um, So I think my two main concerns were handled really, really well. It was also incredibly entertaining. It looked great. Yeah. Uh, The style of, or the level of play was great. I think overall this bubble went, genuinely as well as it could have i don't yeah. th- zero changes they could have may- done anything better maybe the heat winning or the nuggets maybe the heat uh, winning what about you mo i agree with everything skylar said i would have made a few changes what changes I had i would have made it so that all the other teams had to come and watch the other games <laughs> being played like imagine the lakers in the crowd for the clippers nuggets game seven Imagine oh the players what the JR players Smith that were there yeah, yeah 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 not like and you're just... gonna make the Pistons go to the bubble to watch the rest of the teams <laughs> no, playing that would be so funny but no no because there were a couple games in like the warm up games where like Dame and those guys came to watch some yeah, another yeah. team play but I would have just loved to have like a camera on that crowd at the whole yeah. time just like the trash talk coming from the crowd it would have just been insane yeah. Um, I would love to see like a documentary about it as well. I don't know if this actually got filmed or if they had camera people in there. I hope so. But like an actual behind the scenes. What I loved as well was the the vlogs from Matisse and Travail. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to them. Giving that first hand insight into the bubble. That was dope. Um, but but yeah, the main thing is the COVID absolutely smashed it. And the social justice brought it to the forefront. And this is the thing about people saying it's a distraction. I get it. We're adults. For us, it's a distraction. But there was a time, you know, I'm not going to say this person's name, but there was a time where I took a break from making content for a while and someone reached out to me and they're like, yo, what's going on, man? Like, why aren't you making videos and why aren't you doing this? I was like, bro, you know, just life, you know, I'm just not feeling it, whatever. I'm just, not as in not feeling it, as in, you know, I'm just got a lot of things going on. This is when I was at uni. So I was like, I've got exams going on. I can't really do this. And they were like, yo, I really miss the concept, man. Like, yo, I'd be struggling with stuff sometimes. And, you know, it just brightens up my day to be able to talk about basketball and listen to like other people talking about it. Right, right. So for a lot of younger people out there, you know, it's especially like younger people from like ethnic minorities. It's a nice escape from, because we're out here. If we, we're, we're out and about, police come and harass us anyway. You know, and then we turn on the TV and our people are being killed. 
So sometimes it's nice to have a distraction, you know, even if, you know, it's not talking about whatever, like as in for, for younger people, it's the nice escape into a different world of, all right, you're, you're, we're talking about basketball. You ain't got to worry about anything here. You ain't got to worry about this person, that person, whatever's going on, your safety, whatever. This is just basketball. This is just the game. And it's like your role models as well. Like, look how many kids look up to LeBron and look how many kids now want to be Jimmy Butler. Look how many kids are going to go and be working out trying to be like Jimmy Butler. So, you know, I get the, the idea that's a distraction, but this is what Jalen Brown said to the, the rest of the guys during that um, strike when they had that massive meeting. Is he said, look, what, what are you really talking about? Because... Either we can stay here with all the cameras in the world pointing at us, everyone yeah. watching and use our voice, or what, if you don't go home, are you going to be on the streets out every day protesting or are you going to be in your house? Because most of them, like, you know... They're not going to go just, out. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm just saying they, they didn't back before the bubble. Only a handful of players were really out there representing our shout-out to the ones that did. When you think about, like, the hundreds of players in the NBA and there's only, like... 30 of them that, that we had videos and pictures of being out there, you know, I feel like being inside a bubble with everyone talking about it and, you know, having the, the things on the t-shirts and on the court, it might seem symbolic to some people, but to other people, like I think about young people because, you know, that's, that's my primary audience and I'm still quite young compared to most, you know, people in this industry It's for young people, like kids growing up, teenagers, my little brother, whatever, they see this on the court and it might be something they never thought about before. Because oftentimes when you're young, you don't know these things are real till you get older. You know, you're just a child. And, um, you know, especially like, like if, if you're a white kid growing up, there's so many, so many of my friends who are white. I, I don't know if it sounds offensive or whatever, but so many of my friends who are white, they didn't know anyone who looked like me until they came to university. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know that any of these problems existed in the world. And t- because they lived in their nice suburban neighborhood and everything's nice and there's no trouble and, you know, everyone, whatever, whatever. So it, it may open the eyes of a lot of people that you don't realize to say, why are they all saying Black Lives Matter? Let me go and look into this. Mm-hmm. Why does the court say Black Lives Matter? I'm going to go and search about this and what's happened. So it, if anything, it, is, it can seem like a distraction, but I think that's a very pessimistic way of looking at it. I feel like that's a very selfish way of, yeah, of course. You know, if you're like a 30, 40 year old and, you know, you go to work and then in your spare time, you're watching NBA instead of protesting and doing this. I get it but there is a lot more people in the world. And I feel like using your voice and your platform, like even myself, I went on the show and talked about all these different issues. And I even talked about some issues that we have in the UK, just because the NBA players were talking about that. I felt like I could say, and it's not just the US. Then I went on to discuss some of the stuff that was happening here. And had the NBA players not done that, I would have never had the chance to raise my voice exactly. and yeah. voice those issues. And those are issues that no one on TV has ever spoken about. And we're a sports show. And I, I have people coming to me like, yo, even the news don't talk about this. Even the politics shows don't talk about this. So the yep. fact that I'm, I know it sounds like selfish, I'm talking about myself, but you know, it, it, it finally gave you gave the opportunity. People, it gave my community and my friends, everyone felt represented on a national yeah. scale, you know, and same way seeing the NBA players, you feel represented. That's, that's the way I see it. So I feel like the bubble is amazing. Yeah, I, I agree on that. And I think, you know, people will criticize the Bucks for how they performed on the court, but they had one of the most impactful moments in sports history. They yep. stood up and decided that they were going to protest and every other sport followed through. It was unbelievable. That was uh, that weekend was one of the most shocking I've seen in sports where every single league shut down. And that's a huge yep. takeaway. And they actually recentered on, all right, we need to accomplish these goals 
and they put a big focus on it again. So I, it was incredible for a lot of different reasons, but uh, I think you guys nailed those too. Also, maybe if they would have sent Sky Sports uh, presenters to hey. the bubble. I maybe told them I was available. It. Maybe I that could have improved them, I told everyone, look, I don't mind. Going, I ain't go. got any kids. I ain't got any family to worry about. You know, I'll go. I'll take my PlayStation for the off time and I'll stream some 2K while I'm stuck in my room doing the quarantine. But I'll be there. So, you know, just, just say. Most available. Say, you know, uh, all right, let's go on. Skylar, who was your bubble MVP off court? And it can't be Jimmy. Off court? Off court MVP of the okay. bubble. I wouldn't have said Jimmy for off court. Come on. Of course he would have. What are you talking about? I can about? be non-biased. I just okay. choose not then? to be quite often. <laughs> uh, off the court, I feel like I immediately went to LeBron and Chris Paul. And I okay. honestly think you could give it to either of them. I feel like they're doing slightly different work, but they're both doing great work. Chris Paul was more like internal within the league. He really like led the league and led the players through this whole bubble situation. He really like helped get it running as the uh, president of the NBA Players Association. Um, he's definitely been the one leading on getting them all registered to vote. He's just been like a really great spokesperson for the players and how they're feeling and all of that. And he's just been doing great work with, with the players. And then LeBron, I feel like is more of, he's more working externally with, from the league where he, you know, we've talked about his whole more than a vote campaign and nonprofit and everything that they're doing to, uh, work on voter turnout in the U.S., uh, helping get felons able to vote again. Uh, and LeBron as well. Like, LeBron is kind of the person who everyone makes answer these questions for the league and for the players at all times. He kind of doesn't really have a choice. He kind of always is forced to be the spokesperson for the whole league. And so mm -hmm. he's just he's just handled it really well. Like, I was just really, you know, I love LeBron and I'm always impressed by LeBron, but I think this bubble was really incredible for him, just the way that he was able to perform so well on the court, be doing so much with more than a vote, you know, be a father, just be handling the day-to-day wow. -day struggles of Brian, <laughs> be handling the day-to-day -day struggles of a bubble and a pandemic and being a black man in America. So... I feel like it's Chris Paul or it's LeBron, and I could honestly be convinced either way, and I honestly don't want to choose between them. Feels like you picked LeBron. Uh, R.I.P. Brawny when LeBron gets back okay. home. <laughs> Zuri got her own house. Zuri got her own house. That house is... If, if you tried to get that house in London, you're paying like three, four million pounds. <laughs> it would be unattainable. So I shout out to her. Shout out Zuri. Uh, what about you, Mel? Off court MVP. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with with LeBron and Chris Paul, but I also think George Hill. Um, you know, mm -hmm. he led that Bucks standing up protest. Jalen, of course, one. you know Jalen's a huge yeah, voice amongst huge. players, and a lot of players actually go to him because. Uh, you know, they feel like he's one of the smartest guys around. So they, a lot of other players go to him on like a private level to kind of, you know, say, how can I learn more about this? Or can you explain this? So, you know, amongst those guys. But I want to take this a bit more lighthearted. I feel like I want to have some fun with it. The off-court MVP, there can only be one man for this. Well. Is the man who only played on the court for seven minutes. It's J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. <laughs> he had his top off before the game finished. 
He uh, is the embodiment. He's the embodiment of when you do a group project, but don't put in <laughs> any work and you still get an A. He's an inspiration for every high school kid he out really there. Is. So, you know, literally, I made that because he's literally been off the court except for seven minutes. Um, <laughs> now, Lou Will was hilarious with his chicken wings. Daniel House as well doing the most. Oh, my God. Um, I, that one I just, like, feel bad about because he, he has a whole wife and kids who found out that, that was way. Brutal. That was a great so, like, Sunday The one is fun, but the Daniel House one, I'm like, I'm just kind of sad I'm about sad. that one. But the thing is, the thing is, no one, there was no proof that those two even met up. The only evidence okay. they had was his door opened within 30 minutes of her entering the hotel, right? But what if he had just, I don't know, gone to the toilet and needed to air out his room for a little bit, so he propped the door open? <laughs> no one thinks about these things, you know? They're too quick to make judgments. I would not want to be him going home out of the bubble, though. Yeah, exactly, no. man. That's why, they, that's why the Rockets booked an early plane, huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I agree yeah, with all fine. of that. I'm going to give a shout out. Uh, I think Deuce was one, baby Deuce, oh, one of the MVPs of the bubble. True. And through that, maybe Tatum, but just the Deuce content was incredible. Him yeah. doing the, the bedtime stories uh, over Zoom and then coming to the bubble. Just a great arc for, uh, for Tatum and little Deuce. And he's I wish be a he had gotten. He he's so tall. Is. Yeah. He's so young and he's so tall. Yeah. I wish we would have gotten Deuce in the bubble earlier. I felt like we got cheated out of a lot of Deuce <laughs> in the bubble content. I blame Brad Stevens for that one. Yeah. Come on, Brad. Yeah. Baby Come Deuce on. in the finals. Oh, huge missed opportunity. Uh, let's go to another fun one. Skylar, who won the bubble fashion? So we do best fits every week, Mo. Uh, yeah, yeah. And. Skylar, who do you think it was always the same? It was like every week was Kuzma. And I'm like, come on, Skylar. We got to just get away from well, Kuzma. He does have good so, fits. So who won? Who won the fashion show that was the NBA bubble? So I was and thinking Mo, about gotta, this. You got to think. We'll stall for you. I, I got yeah. you. I got you. Well, you can just, you can let me know if you agree with my choice. Uh, I was thinking about it. And there's a lot of contenders who left the bubble pretty early. Like I yeah. love a Russ fit. I love a PJ yeah. Tucker fit. Jordan and they've Clarkson. just, they've been gone. For, right. Jordan Clarkson. Uh, you know, there's so many, but they've just been gone for so long. And we actually didn't like the Lakers are fine, but the Lakers and he aren't great fit teams for the finals. But I feel like every week we had Tyler Hero and Kyle Kuzma in my top fits of the week, literally every single week, at least one of them was in there. And so I feel like it's got to come down to those two. And I'm giving it to Kuzma. Oh, no. I know. I know. I feel like Tyler Hero, he just kind of, he's just starting to figure out how, his style. He just kind of got young. enough money to where he can, you know, actually be trying to figure out his style. So I feel like he's maybe a couple of years away from being our fit king. And also just, I find a couple of his outfits a tiny bit cringe. And so I feel like it has to go to Kuzma. Kuzma just never disappoints. He just always has really good outfits. And he switches it up a lot. Like, we see a lot of them, like, Dwight comes in with a co-ord set a lot. Like, there's just a lot of them who kind of stick to the same thing. Tyler Hero wore the same sweatsuit in three different colors to three straight games. It's comfortable, so, man. So <laughs> Kuzma, on the other hand, it's like, all right, 
this week he's got a tracky set. All right, next week he's got, like, some cargo pants and, like, a fire button down. The next week he's got, like, a completely different fit. He, like, really changes it up. And I really, I just, they all hit for me. Do you think it, uh, Winnie Harlow had a big uh, impact on that, him stepping his game up in the bubble? I feel like Kuzma's been pretty solid for a while. Okay, fair. And so I think, I don't want to take away too much credit from just his original style. Plus he... We're from kind of the same area. We're yeah. literally from the same town. So I feel like I kind of get it. But yeah, maybe Winnie Harlow helped him step it up a little Just bit. stay motivated. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mo? Fit King. Mm, this is a tough one. Ke- also- Kelly Olenek? <laughs> Any Kelly Olenek <laughs> nominations? <laughs> no. Kelly Olenek. You know, you know who actually surprised me with some of their fits? Myers Leonard. Yeah. yeah. They're very True. simple. It's usually just a t-shirt and some shorts or whatever, but the yeah. t-shirts are always wavy, always coming with certain cool on them. Um, you know, I really like LeBron's outfits because a lot, yeah. like as yeah. we go into the finals, they were either kind of Kobe tributes or they'd have a powerful message on them. So yeah. that's the kind of my kind of style. What I will say though about getting onto Tyler about his tracksuits is in London, tracksuits are like the uniform. For the Mando. Yeah. Like, we're tracksuit. But like the day. same one. You gotta mix it up colors. apparently. I have. Yeah, you no, gotta but this is the up. thing. No, but this is the thing. You will see me in a tracksuit. You might see me in the same tracksuit seven days a week. But I just. Yeah, but you're not an NBA star. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he needs to like, wash like them. I'm not, <laughs> no, no, I'm not no, doubting his. What I, mean is, what I mean is, what I mean is, when you find a tracksuit that fits, like the perfect <laughs> fit, if I find a tracksuit that fits, I'll go and buy seven of them. And I won't care what anyone thinks because I'm rolling in comfort. I might go and buy all seven different colors because for me, it's the comfort of the tracksuit. You know, the materials used, the way that it's cut. That's that's, that's completely fair. But I feel like if you're prioritizing comfort, you can't exactly go for Fit King at the same time. Listen, the, the best outfit is the most comfortable outfit. That's what I will say on fashion. That's what I was saying during the whole Nuggets series. Skylar never nominated a Nuggets player one time. Because they all roll up in... They, these trash ass fits this, this man was rolling up in. Jokic dresses like someone's dead. Jokic yeah. dressed in his uniform going into the. Into the yeah, half of them yeah, would yeah, just yeah. wear part of their uniform in. He's ready to go. Dressed like an assistant coach. <laughs> the, worst, the worst fit, the worst fit in the bubble was when Nick Nurse and the Raptors assistants wear that white and red striped stripes polo tee. Ugh. Horizontal I feel like right. the worst yeah. polo tee. First of all, what was we never like got an explanation on those polo tees? They were so random and weird. But Doc and the Clipper staff wearing that salmon polo, Ugh. I swear, every single game when they lost, every single game that they wore the salmon polo tee for, they deserve to. They that, deserve that was to. An awful polo. Um, I think Shy Shy comes with fire fits every time. If he didn't get yeah. knocked out so early, I would have gave it to him. But I'm, I'm going to sure. roll with LeBron for the message more so than anything else. I go with the message over the, uh, you know, the, the flashiness of – the way I see it is I like fits that I would wear. That's the difference as well. I would never wear half of Kuzma's fits. That's just That's the style. problem is half of the fits I pull up for Kuzma, Brian just goes, I don't understand I don't get this it. fit. Yeah. So it makes it pretty tough. But I also I, I, appreciate how, how often LeBron was shirtless this bubble. He was just straight up rolling up to games with a shirt on, but just wide open. But should I I tell you something, though? 
if I was built like LeBron James, I would never wear a shirt again in my Agreed. life. Agreed. I could be winning. I could be at an Oscars award ceremony and I would be shirtless. I could be at the opera house and I would be shirtless. I could be at a wedding and I would be shirtless. I would be insufferable. <laughs> I would wear nothing but a backpack. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jared Dudley popped the top off. Uh, right <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, okay, mine, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go to the Wubble. Kurt Miller. Oh, that's not fair. Head coach of the yeah, Sun. Also, if we're going to the Wubble, it's no, got to no, no. be Rapino. You don't get to go to the Wubble. I'm the host. I picked Kurt Miller. Loved the tropical <laughs> right. shirts through the finals. Every single game was amazing. And he got to wear his fits during the game, not just walk-in fits. So I, I nominate Kurt Miller. Otherwise, yeah, I was going to – fire shoe game. I'm not going to pick Dwight. That was the other one that I liked. I'm not going to pick Dwight for this. Sorry. Even though, <laughs> even though he had a three-pointer at the, in the NBA finals. Uh, not picking. Yo, Tatum him. had some fire fits as well. Tatum was he good. He did. He made fit, he made fit of the week quite a few times. Yes, he did. I've been trying to get hold of some of the clothes that these guys wear, but it's so impossible because they're all like sold out instantly, mm-hmm. or they're like yeah. twenty thousand pounds for a t-shirt, and I'm like, God sake. But um, <laughs> trying to dress like an NBA player is a lot harder than you think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's close this out with some favorite memories from the bubble. A little nostalgia. Uh, we're not going to have NBA basketball for a while. Still no start date. So, Mo, when you look back on the bubble, what's your biggest takeaway, your favorite memory? Uh, what are you going to take with you uh, as the 2020 season uh, finishes off here? You know, the, the biggest takeaway and, and the biggest thing I'll take with me is, is the social justice, you know, using your voice mm-hmm. and putting yourself in a position to get a spotlight in order to use your voice for the things that you care about. And, you know, like what the Milwaukee Bucks did is leveraging your power as you know a young uh a young person you know all of these guys i consider young in the grand scheme of things because they're not the owners they're not the gms young guys like myself are able to leverage their talents to bring about a change to a course and that's it for me has really inspired me so that's my biggest takeaway but if we're going to stick straight to basketball my biggest takeaways are boon holes and needs to get fired (laughs) <laughs> Paul George is Fair. a fraud <laughs> I need to show Brad Stevens how to pick apart his own defense and LeBron James is unstoppable my favorite moment my favorite series I guess was actually um, Denver versus Utah yeah I still oh. even though it was the first round and it was great because like they had those games on super early so it was like 6 p.m. in England and we were like watching it yeah you know before dinner so it was great times and um, the basketball was amazing um, the, the other thing I loved was the Tyler Hero coming out party of, you know, all right, I'm 20, but I'm, I'm a hooper. I can really ball. So, you know, I've been telling people about Tyler for a hot minute. So it's good to see him finally come out of his shell. Um, and let's, I could, the list would just be endless. I could be here all day. Um, also, we, I think a lot of people are starting to forget about the games that happened before the playoffs. Yeah, that was what or I was like going to say. Multiple the Devin seasons. Booker buzzer beer over mm-hmm. Paul George and Kawhi. The yeah. Luca Buzzabia, like it seems like so long ago now, but you know, at every moment I've loved it, and I, I, I'm. It's been what three days now, four days. Mm-hmm. I miss it so much. <laughs> I, I don't know what to do, but uh, we move. What about you, Skylar? Yeah, um, Mo took it super serious to start off with. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the opposite ones? direction. Some deuce content. Uh, no, well, honestly. Baby, the babies baby of bubbles. 
<laughs> such a highlight for me. I loved seeing the kids so close to the games every game. I wish we would have gotten more kids in that final series. I wish we would have, we would have gotten Zuri James celebrating, but that's fine. Um, the babies were definitely a highlight. I think that it was really fun to just see how messy this bubble got because we were getting so much access to these players in ways that we haven't before. Like the Lou Will thing, so messy. Um, did you guys see Dwight Howard like exposing that him and Tia Cooper were in a big fight like after the finals because he went live on Instagram and accidentally screen shared his messages with her and they were fighting? Like they, it, this bubble was just <laughs> so messy. And love I it. love it because I live for mess. Um, Adam Silver, we've already said it, should run for president. He could run this country so much better than the current occupant of the White House. And yeah, I mean, the social justice stuff was so important. Um, you know, I was thinking about like the people who would watch on broadcast and just the kind of issues that were being talked about. Like, I bet that a bunch of people didn't know that attorney generals were elected officials in the U.S. Like, people know that now because of this NBA bubble. Like, that is going to be so important in the long scheme of things. Um, Anything else? It feels like this has just been – this has taken up so much The way I say it is, like, everything was good. I can't think of anything bad about it except for my team losing, of course. But, you know, aside from that, I can't think of – the only thing, the only thing that I would change if they were to run it back would be to create some sort of ventilation system because you saw all the players slipping on the court and luckily yeah. no one got injured too seriously. But the reason why they're all slipping is because of the condensation from all the sweat in the room because it's not yeah. actually designed for sports. So maybe a ventilation system, but even then that's nitpicking at things you know yeah. that would change. But it was a resounding success. Yeah, yeah I was- this bubble was just such a nice distraction of the pain of daily life during this pandemic and it's going to be a long time until we get basketball again so i'm very sad yeah uh, for me it's the uh it's the zero covid cases you know in a time in yeah. this country where like we're still in lockdown in the states mo like it, it hasn't stopped yeah we we, uh, we entered we just announced london's coming back into a lockdown this week or i don't know yeah. bro like, like i stay locked down though this is the yeah. thing I ain't taking no chances. I stay. I've got my computer. I've got my PlayStation. Why am I leaving? If you want to talk to me, meet me in the neighborhood on 2K, and that's it. We got we've got FaceTime. You know, we've got WhatsApp. We've got Twitter. We've got Instagram. You don't need to see me. I'm staying inside. Yeah, and it's just been like, especially seeing different states in the in the, in the U.S. where they just completely ignore all science and safety precautions. Like Florida. And Florida specifically, Florida. and to just have the NBA embrace the science, actually put in a system where they don't have cases and they stop the spread, and then that could be done around this country. It's just a glaring example of how much leadership has failed us. Which is, uh, it's good to see the NBA doing it. And there's also been jokes like anything can happen if billionaires decide it should happen, which is what happened in the NBA bubble. That's that's uh, not a joke, though, is it? No, it is. That's, you, that's if, if devastatingly true. Like <laughs> yeah, the, the billionaires wanted this to happen, so they made it happen. And we could have done this, but we just have it in the country. So I think the COVID cases is huge. And then you're right. The fun thing, it felt like this was like it felt like this was the NCAA tournament a little bit. 
where it's this it's we had so many storylines through the different rounds the the trailblazers going up through the play-in and having that play-in tournament in playing game having the first rounds go to seven like the nuggets and the jazz it just felt like there were like six different seasons within this one season and there was so much drama it was a lot of fun and luckily we have the british basketball league hey, so we still get a little true. bit of basketball well kind of we'll see Games how it's been postponed Oh, they are again? Uh, I thought it was the 31st, the 30th. I, I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of different things from a lot of different people. Uh, so I don't know who, start. To, who to actually listen to, man. But um, hopefully, they fingers crossed, man. Fing, fingers crossed. But, you know, I just want to make sure that all my guys stay safe. So yeah. I don't want them taking any risks of – because I know they can't do a bubble here and they can't no. make sure everyone's staying inside. Like, I'd rather make sure my guys stay safe rather than uh, get out and playing. But hopefully, yeah. you know, in due time mm-hmm. – in due time. If they did a bubble here, that would be kind of cool. And I feel like it could really help the game as well. That's another thing. I, I don't know, know if they maybe, can pull it off. I don't know if there's enough money. It, well, this is the thing. But you got to think about it like um, if I was a brand and, you know, I was trying to get people involved, I would maybe invite a few different European teams to a bubble and do like a EuroLeague style bubble. Um, but then include a few, maybe the Lions, maybe the Riders. Yeah. You guys there. That would be really fun. Just set up in Surrey in their in their sports park and just no, have no, a no. I would I would set up London? at the O2 Arena or Copper a, Box. No, no, because O2 Arena has loads of hotels around it for the events. That's true. So it could be like a little campus, and that'd be big. There's nothing happening at the O2 Arena because obviously COVID. Yeah. So that whole area, because you don't go to that, you don't get off that tube yeah. station unless you're going to the O2. So that would be isolated anyway. All right, so that's, Nike. That's how I do it, man. Nike, listen to Mo. BBL, listen to Mo. Some sponsor, get in there. Sponsor bubble. We'd love to see it. But thank you so much for coming on, Mo. Thank you, Skylar. Thanks, Mo. Uh, it's been a great, great episode. Great show. Yeah, man. I, I feel like we could talk all day long. But thank you for having me. It's been great to chop <laughs> up with you both. Um, and we'll talk soon, man. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Anything to plug? Let's get, let's hear the channels. Let's hear the, the oh, pod. You know, you know the vibes, man. It's Hoop Genius on YouTube, Hoop Genius on Twitch, the Hoop Genius on Twitter, Hoop Genius on Instagram. You know where I'm at. It is Mo. <laughs> you, you know how I do, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be bringing out daily content throughout this off-season, starting mm-hmm. from, like, next week because I just need some time to just seriously. Is, you, you know what's matters? It's like what I've been doing for the last two days when I said I've been taking a break, I spend – about 15 to 20 hours a day sat at my desk. So I'm sat upright for like 15 to 20 hours a day. So for the last two days, I've just been laying down. I've just been laying on the sofa. <laughs> I've been laying on the bed. I was not even sleeping. Not even, I've still been working, but just, just stretching your body just, out, you know, horizontally just laying down and my back just feels refreshed and renewed. So, you know, once I'm, once I've had a little break, you know, just from constantly working on stuff, going to be doing uh, daily, daily streams on Twitch going to be doing a bunch of gaming stuff with 2k going to be doing a bunch of youtube really trying to push the youtube now we're going to get that pop in instagram twitter that's just my thoughts and just whatever i want to chat chat about um we're about about, man like anyone who wants to get involved anyone wants to talk hoops tweet me at me i'm always around uh just trying to spread this movement of basketball for the basketball fans in the uk and across the world man just trying to spread the love of the game that's what i do all right thanks mel appreciate you